Hello everybody, welcome to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen, aka Jay Chenzor, a voice that you will be able to find in-game in Street Fighter VI in literally less than two days. <laughs> I can't believe the game is coming out in two days, but uh, if you guys are tuning in here for the Tuesday show for the It Was Tuesday podcast, uh, just wanted to let you know that I have put up a couple of tutorial videos on YouTube as well, uh, youtube.com slash TV, explaining how to use the training mode and what the frame uh, meter is in Street Fighter 6. Uh, people have been saying a lot of very kind things about the frame meter video uh, because it just teaches you frame data at the same time. But check those out. But I've been working hard on those videos, which is why today, literally, <laughs> I have no topics to talk about other than, ah, two days until Street Fighter 6. And uh, the reviews are all coming out. Obviously, there are copies in the wild already. I've seen footage of people posting up things all over the place. Everybody's fighting for that content pie. Um, yeah, I mean, I could review the reviews. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's crazy right now. Like, the amount of hype. And then, honestly, the other crazy thing about this is that you look at the reviews and it is one of the greatest reviewed fighting games like almost of all time that isn't a smash brothers game it's absolutely crazy uh how much effusive praise it is getting you know i have definitely watched some reviews and they're like eh, the world tour mood can is 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 hit or miss like there's definitely issues with it and stuff like that but right now the game seems like absolutely amazing and um it's just feature rich. There's just so many things right now. <laughs> Topic, why is Marisa the best character? Is it because she wrestles lions or because she punches you? Honestly, what I'm going to say right now about uh, Marisa, and I was having a conversation with uh, Olaf about this too. Uh, the thing that makes Marisa so great, honestly, is that Capcom has not played her as a joke in any way, shape, or form. She is very serious. In fact, the way they present her is more like respect her. Like, this, she's, she's badass, right? I mean, like, the way we've seen the preview of how she enters world tour mode, where she, like, walks in and bumps into your avatar, and she's just, and you're just like, mommy, you know, kind of thing like that, like, she, the way that they have put Mar Marisa in a game, like, you know, obviously she's very buff, she's very strong, and muscular women have been very easy to, you know, uh, uh, well, yeah, the, 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 the super arts for a lot of characters are that way, right? The super arts all, that's where you put in a little bit of the joke, right? So, but yeah, exactly. I like how she was muscular and still feminine, etc., etc. Death by Snoo Snoo. Yeah, she's really, really cool. Uh, someone wanted to ask something here, and I really wanted to. Oh, Dalsim is gonna haunt your dreams. Have you seen some of the clips, <laughs> Skillet Cornbread? <laughs> if you have at least four bars, like there's some clips of Ryu, like seeing Dalsim whiff, standing fierce, and the crouch fierce punches it. Run, drive rush cancel, low forward, drive rush cancel into combo into level three. And for punishing that, did like 50% damage. <laughs> 
So Dalsum obviously is going to benefit from the systems greatly, but there's going to be ways to really hurt him uh, for for doing stuff like... Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Okazeme says in the chat, finally, Dalsum is broken again. Do you mean broken as in we've broken him? Or do you mean broken as he's, he's too strong? Because... Dalsum has been broken his whole life. <laughs> this character is stupid. I still think he's a better character than Luke in Street Fighter V. He's just harder to use. Dalsum has always been an Alpha 3. He's one of the best characters. In fact, I think the only game where Dalsum isn't the strongest is uh, CVS 2. I think CVS2 might be one of the only times Dalsum hasn't been super, super great, but Dalsum has been top tier for his entire life, man. Ugh. As a Zangief player, yeah, I, I think I deserve to yell about <laughs> Dalsum <laughs> as a Zangief player. And like I said, it's why my, my, my most proud moment is that my only Alpha 3 clip on YouTube is me beating a Dalsum player with Zangief in Alpha 3. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Doesn't matter who the player is. It's just the fact that I beat a Dalsum with Zangief. I'm happy. Uh, SF6 is currently top three in the top tier list on Steam, only behind CSGO and Steam Deck. <laughs> Dude, uh, well, he is. Uh, MVC2, technically, he's super broken. It's just that it requires too much execution and too much practice to get good at Dalsum to the level that he's supposed to be good at. Uh, but there's a guy named Magnetro who has actually put together, like, seriously, it's like 60 hours of, like, Dalsum footage with a tool-assisted uh, controller that just show what the potential of what he can actually do is. Uh, he was really supposed to be super good, but I mean, Street Fighter Six right now. I, I mean, honestly, like based on the reviews, based on the hype, based on everything that they've done, it's just like I'm so happy to see this excitement again because we all had this excitement for five, and then <laughs> and then five came out. <laughs> you know, oh my God, oh boy, ah. <sighs> Uh, I believe there's subranks within each one, but I think it's based on the number of stars Investigation Cone. I think it's gold, one star, two star, three star, four star, five star, silver, one star, two star, three star, four star, five star. Because in the beta, I got to, what was it, platinum two or diamond two or something? No, diamond is like ridiculous. It was platinum two, platinum and two stars, I think, so... Uh, right, dude, the 5 beta had some crazy, like, when I played the 5 beta, I wanted to play Chun-Li, like, because she had, like, some sick stuff, and all of it was gone when the game came out, and I was like, what did you do? What did you do? Oh, man. But honestly, like, Street Fighter Six, the amount of hype and the, the the excitement behind it but not only it's i mean again yeah there's a lot of excitement behind it but i i want to really really give credit to um the dev team and the pr team and everything because they 
have done such a good job with this game, releasing information little by little, being very open with everybody. And honestly, like the the way that they've interacted with the community and communicated with us and gave us inf- and give us information has been just absolutely stellar. Like it's just a it, it's I mean again, I know it's more than Nakayama-san and Matsumoto-san, but honestly, like those two and the whole entire team, like them being the face of of the game and you can see their passion and their joy for just the franchise itself was really it's it's so great and there's so like there's so many small things. Did you see this the tweet by Total Sagat? Dude, Total Sagat put out a tweet and like it's just one of those things that I see and like you're just like, you know what? This is like the greatest thing in the world, right? Like when you do like there's I I said it. There's literally zero ways this is an accident. This is a hundred percent. I know I retweeted this. Where is? Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Like this is not an accident. Like these kind of Easter eggs that they put into the game over here are absolutely intentional. And like this is the greatest thing ever, dude. <laughs> like. Freaking sick is that? Like, literally, if you start the ground with Ryu with his background music and don't touch the controller at all, like, that's the exact timing it ends up playing. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and Jamie's taunt, if you actually start Jamie's taunt, the instant. The instant round starts, you do back and taunt. This is what happens. (laughs) It's just like these little small things that they keep putting into the game, like the fact that if you actually play Kimberly's, you do her level three, she changes the background music. And if you're playing in a Kimberly mirror match, if the other Kimberly does a level three, it adds vocals to the track. <laughs> like it literally changes the song to add vocals. Like they didn't have to do something like that. Like that's so sick. Taunt, same thing as Street Fighter V, hitting all six buttons. Which is very hard to do, but that is what you do. You hit all six buttons, dude. Oh, man. And it's just like those little things that we haven't seen. Yeah, Street Fighter V was missing a lot of that kind of thing, right? Like one of the coolest animations they had was when Manat does the anti-air throw and she lands and she tosses you. Like her legs shake. Like she's like, ugh, because she's not that strong when she throws you. And then someone, when they first discovered that, someone responded was, she should have only done that for heavier characters. Like, if she did that to Chun-Li or Kami, it should have just not did that, but only her legs shake on the heavier characters. Like, those kind of things were, like, those little touches, like, in fighting games that we were missing. And Street Fighter Six 
feels like it's bringing a lot of that back and I'm just like, oh. And dude, if we get Jamie Mirrors on stream and both and Jamie players just start to agree to just do that at the beginning of every round, like how cool would that be, right? And then all of and then the audience would just start singing it and like I said, anytime Manon lands her critical art, her desperation level 3 super if the audience doesn't all sing along with the song, there is something wrong. Like, we all have to sing along with that song, dude. Everybody has, like, some sort of music Easter egg. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if every character has one music Easter egg so far. Because so far, there's four of them, right? Obviously, Manon... So remember that. Remember that tune, okay? Remember that tune. So you can sing it at the audience. Uh, Ryu has that little bop. Jamie has the taunt. Kimberly has the dual level three. Like, everybody seems to have, like, something there. It's really crazy. Yeah, and, and look... Uh, you know, uh, Kevamari Kev says this, and he's right, right? Regardless of its circumstances, the perception of Street Fighter V is largely negative. You know, I, I have said many times that I really like Street Fighter V. I like where it ended up, and etc., etc. Street Fighter V is a really good game right now, as it is. But yes, when it came out, it was lambasted, like just the lack of features and just the, the bugginess of it and the fact that it was less less feature-rich than the beta was for the characters, etc., etc. Absolutely. Now, again, Street Fighter V has made up for it in spades because, like I said, by the time the game has finished here with the Definitive Edition, it is, like, true... Like, if the game came out like it did in Season 3... Like, Street Fighter V would probably be very, very well remembered at this point in time. Uh, and so, honestly, yeah, a lot of people have said it. If it wasn't Street Fighter, Street Fighter V probably wouldn't have lasted past two years. And I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I can't even really argue with that at all. Um, but, like, Street Fighter VI is just coming out of the gates and just swinging <laughs> is just swinging and like all the little things like all the easter egg references that a lot of people aren't going to get like literally in the selection screen chun li sitting on the suitcases is a reference right kimberly hanging from the ceiling is kind of a reference to a lot of old artwork that they used to draw a lot like very famous alpha official artwork a lot of these things are callbacks to these and it's just i mean the fact that they put cammy's super from street fighter the movie where she breaks the guy's neck. Of course, she doesn't actually break their neck in this game. <laughs> she turns them around and then splats on their knees. It would probably be wrong if you put that guttural crunch in the game and murdered people. But, like, the fact that they put these little touches like that in the game is, like, so crazy to me. And the fact that the drive gauge really is, like, hey, we've got Street Fighter Three Parry. We have Street Fighter 4 uh, Focus Attack. 
We have, you know, like they kind of made it almost like a, a greatest hits kind of thing. Like, you know, one of the trickiest things about esports compared to regular sports is that we get sick of games and we always want new games and things change a lot, you know, which is why it's like it's pretty amazing that a game like League of Legends has never had a League of Legends 2 because they're trying to make it more like a sport. Fighting games don't have that potential, but goddamn, like if there's any game that's so, I mean, it's not even out yet, but like, I feel like that has the potential to maybe just turn Street Fighter into a, like a permanent sport so that we never need a Street Fighter 7. Like Street Fighter 6 is pretty close, <laughs> pretty close right now. Yes, the alpha art of guy hanging upside down with Cody uh, in the doorway behind him. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep, you know exactly which one I'm talking about, Renato. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, and, and it sounds like that's what it really was. Ultimately, that came down to a decision from the producers. The money people had had to have said to the director, "You know what? Go hog wild. Put all the stuff you want in there." And again, it also comes down to the fact that Nakayama and Matsumoto are just big. They're Street Fighter nerds, and th like that. Is, I mean, like when I've, I've mentioned this many times on this stream, but like when Harada did all the little uh, fighting game roundtable, the dev roundtable thing, and Harada, one of the sections was like, bring one of your most proud FGC reference like items that you own. And Matsumoto was on there and he was like, here's my book that I bought of like all the storyboards from the Street Fighter animated movie. And he was like, I bought this with my before I worked for Capcom. I just was like such a fan that I got this, you know? And it's like, it's so really, really, really cool. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's nice, yeah. And you know, obviously people in the chat are mentioning, I'm trying to skirt around it a little bit, but clearly Street Fighter took a turn when some of the uh, upper brass changed during the course of Street Fighter V was definitely a big, big, uh, big difference maker. Do you think MVCI's lack of support made them rethink how much they put into a fighting game? So, uh, true story. I mean, MVCI did not have a great budget, man. Uh, there was not a lot of budget for uh, MVCI. So I do not think that that was a condition. I don't think that was one of the things. So uh, Monster Hunter money helps a lot. But again, Monster Hunter money doesn't, isn't what puts in those little touches. You know, isn't the thing that has the, the people making the game like, let's throw in little things here and there. And uh, let's make references to old stuff that we know about because we're just fans, etc., etc. So, uh, yeah, MVCI, if the game just looked better. I mean, I talked to me and Olaf talk about MVCI all the time. We just talked about it. God, if that game, if Marvel didn't, uh, that one I will put solely on the shoulders of Marvel here. Because if Marvel didn't say, hey... 
make the game as drab as humanly possible because we want it to be like the MCU and make it so that every character's theme song is now boring orchestral music instead of Captain America's dun 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 like you just sing that and you get hype and now Captain America's theme is not even humble is not even hummable uh Evo did it dirty too but honestly MVC I Oh, it's just, it was a travesty from start to finish. Like, it just was not what it, like, it was, it was doomed to failure from the beginning, I feel like. So, uh, SF Cross, Street Fighter Cross Tekken or MVCI? <laughs> well, see, uh, my argument, Speedwagon, what, which one was a bigger disaster for Capcom, Street Fighter Cross Tekken or MVCI? All I'll say is, at least MVCI is fun. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, I know you don't follow, but I mentioned last week what happened. LCS doesn't collapse. All the players walk. Whoa, all the players walked out today? Wait, what? Wow, really? League is in that much trouble right now? Jeez, that's crazy. Oh, man. That's that's wild. Okay. I should just walk down the street and go check out the riot building and see what's going on. <laughs> I actually uh, live very, very close to the riot offices and to the main stadium uh, on Olympic Boulevard. Uh, very close to the Bed Bath & Beyond that's closing now. <laughs> Dude, I was just saying to Olaf today, literally while we were going to drive lunch, the, the funniest thing to me is that the greatest thing that Street Fighter Cross Tekken gave us were those cutscenes. The little trailer cutscenes where they had the characters interact from each other. That is absolutely the best part about uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Uh, not convenient for Project L because Project L is in NorCal. <laughs> Project L is in NorCal, not down here in Southern California. So, uh, doesn't do much for me. Uh, oh, for events. Yes, that's true. That's true. CBS3 or Darkstalkers. So, Virus, again, Capcom, if you're listening... <laughs> You, someone can tweet this to Nakayama-san if they want to. If they want to clip this and tweet it to Nakayama-san. If Capcom was going to make another fighting game that wasn't Street Fighter right now, they shouldn't try to do a CVS3 or Darkstalkers because there's not enough proof yet that Capcom can maintain two fighting games at the same time. That was one of the downsides of Street Fighter Cross Tekken, is that it really blurred Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, what, what do we, what do, so my suggestion would be to take a lesser known franchise, make a completely brand new game out of it, see how people uh, enjoy it, something like Rival Schools, and if you're going to make a new Rival Schools game, please, please hire me. <laughs> I have the sickest shit. I have the best idea for a team-based fight. And again, my problem is that I would make a completely different game. Like, it would be a team-based fighter. And I know there's a lot of fans of Rival Schools that don't want a team-based fighter. We could probably put in a, a 1v1 mode in there. But if you make... I want to make it a team-based fighter. And I have the coolest idea 
of how to make a team-based fighter that is unique and very different. Because what we've seen from Project L, same kind of team-based fighter as Dragon Ball Fighters and the same kind of team-based fighter as MVC, uh, the Marvel vs. Capcom games. I have the sickest idea for a team-based fighter that I think would uh, be super, super fun. So, <laughs> please let me make the game. <laughs> please let me make the game. <laughs> See, here's the thing, War Destroyer. I don't want to, like, talk about it publicly because I don't want someone stealing my idea. I don't want someone stealing my idea, but in my opinion, uh, if, if you made Rival Schools a team-based game, it'd have to be three, 3v3. Because originally the game, every team had three characters, right? So I'd want, I'd want uh, it to be 3v3. Uh, because I, I love the concept of them being from different schools and having that team kind of stuff. So $5 in my pocket and a head full of dreams. Damn right, Bill Murray. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Oh man, but I have like I have such a neat idea. Obviously, it'll be a team game at heart, but there's like a core fundamental mechanic difference. And I've always had one one issue with most team games. I've always had one issue with most team games and and this is this is what I the system that I came with is solving that problem essentially is what I want to do. Uh, so, uh, again, I wouldn't do this to an MVC4 because MVC4, for example, has to play like MVC. The thing about Rival Schools that's a little bit tricky is that Rival Schools in 1 and 2, while obviously they have the a, a crazy niche, you know, audience, like there's just this like little fan base around it, you're not going to get a lot of people out there who are like, I love Rival Schools because the gameplay was super fun and it was a great versus game. Because none of the Rival Schools <laughs> are great versus games, okay? I'm just going to say it. And it's not the fault of the game. It's not a fault of the systems. It's just that it was the time when we were designing fighting games and we didn't 100% know what we were doing. Rival Schools 1 is rife with infinites, right? So, like, that's basically the goal of Rival Schools 1 is to land the infinite combo. Uh, Rival Schools 2, there's characters with infinites as well. Like, the, the swimmer has, like, an infinite. So, you know, like, there are, th that's the problem. Is like, Rival Schools isn't really known for its fighting game engine. And, in fact... The fighting game engine is not even that robust. Like, it, when you play Rival Schools, at least Rival Schools 1, I don't have as much familiarity with 2. But Rival Schools 1, like, all the air combos were pretty much the same for every character. And, like, there wasn't a huge kind of variety with the characters. And there really was zero team aspect of the game. You just decided if you wanted to switch characters in the next round or not, if I remember it correctly but there was no switching characters there was no assists the only thing you did was you could activate a team super that if you hit the opponent your teammate would come out and do a pre-canned animation for your team super but it didn't matter who they were they always did the same animation so it really didn't matter yeah rival schools is a pretty kusoge game it is a very 
very Kusoge game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People do love Rive Schools for the grimy shit you can do. Right. That's the thing, right? But it's not like it's a game that's not like, you know, we must preserve the legacy of its gameplay. So I feel like I could make a Rival Schools 3 by just completely flipping it on its head and making a completely brand new game with the same characters. I think that would work really, really well. Um... <laughs> frame perfect infinite no people will do that just fine remember in Virtua Fighter 2 there was something called the EI Gary kick so uh, in Virtua Fighter 2 if you hit standing heavy kick you could do a kick feint so you would start to kick and you'd hit the guard button you'd pull your leg back and this was before the kick could hit right so it was obviously you know you start to kick and you can pull it back Unfortunately, they messed up, and literally the can the last cancel frame overlapped with the first active frame. Normally, when you kick somebody out of the air, it would go kung, and then you really couldn't juggle afterwards. But if you could actually learn the EI Gary kick, you could actually kick them, and on that one sixtieth of a frame cancel the kick and then you could do like kick 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 and like do four kick juggles that just just decimated your life because that was never intended to happen one sixtieth of a second okay and just some of these japanese players were just like bam 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 you know my X-Men versus Street Fighter combo FAQ literally has a section of infinites, and I was like, well, this is infinite is technically possible, but there's no human that could ever really do this. So this is just a theoretical infinite. And people are doing that shit like all day now. Like the like the ROM infinite that people learned in, in MVC2, like what the techniques that, that taught people, people are doing all my undoable by humans. <laughs> Infinites in, in X-Men versus Street Fighter like even harder combos than that, which is crazy uh, I would pick three characters uh, Defcos. In fact, I was almost gonna be so stubborn that I would make it so that you had to pick the school So that the three characters were technically like the school was the character But I know that would be horribly horribly unpopular So I can't actually do it that way <laughs> I can't actually do it that way I haven't had a chance to try Asuka yet, uh, Peter0611. I haven't had a chance to do anything. I have Tears of the Kingdom. I haven't even been able to play Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I haven't been able to do anything because I was so busy doing these video edits, dude. It was crazy. Like, I literally was, I mean, I was up till 6 a.m. Uh, on Sunday editing. And then I went to sleep, I woke up, and I just started editing all the way till midnight the next day. Like, it, it's just like, it, I, oh, boy. And then Street Fighter 2 comes out in two days. Yeah, basically. So, well, so normal Sunday for me would be going to sleep at 6 or 7. I was editing until 6, which meant I still needed... <laughs> to wind down before I went to sleep. And so, oh, I'm sorry, two days. <laughs> Street Fighter 6 in two days. So on Sunday, I technically did not go to sleep 
until like 8 or 9 a.m. I think on Sunday. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean Street Fighter 6 in two days. I don't even know. I don't even know how I'm going to approach this game. Honestly, I want to play the world tour mode so badly. But I want to lab characters. I don't want to go online. <laughs> I want to do all of it. Dude, the craziest thing about Primal Rage at Combo Breakers, uh, if they made a new Primal Rage, if it wasn't Claymation, I think that would be a problem. Like, I, I feel like if you'd made it, you would have to intentionally, like, you would have to do it like Guilty Gear Strive. Right? Where you purposely kill all the in-between frames. Like, you have to make the models look like... Like, there was a couple of uh, uh, Ardman films that were CG. Uh, that were not actually claymation. Uh, but they purposely put thumbprint textures on some of the characters to kind of give it that feel. Like, that's what you'd have to do with a modern Primal Rage. You would have to look the same and have that Ray Harryhausen look. Like, it has to be Ray Harryhausen-style dinosaurs. Like, if you try to make primal, a new Primal Rage and you made it so that it was smooth and well animated like we're done like that's 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 death right there if a new primal rage comes out and it is not intentionally ray harryhausen inspired imitated style of claymation look we're having a problem here <laughs> we're having a problem here <laughs> oh man so uh and again, you don't have to make the actual... I mean, if you did make it in Claymation and, like, took photos and, like, used that for textures and stuff, that'd be cool. But obviously, 3D artists are good enough nowadays that they could intentionally just make the dinosaurs look like Claymation with imperfections and stuff like that. But, uh, really cool. Harry How... No, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen. Do you know who Ray Harryhausen is, uh, T-minus 2011? Do you know, Ray Harryhausen is one of the greatest uh, movie contributors of all time, man. Of all time. Oh, man. That's right, there's a hold the pan. I might play it with a pad anyway, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Ray Harryhausen is the guy who made what people picture things to look like. Uh, the original Clash of the Titans. Uh, God, what would be a good one? Uh, uh, like, uh, Cerberus. The original Clash of the Titans, Cerberus. Ah, oh, yeah, here we go. I wanna go Ads, ads. And again, by today's standard, uh, yes, Jason and the Argonauts. Skeletons, I should definitely do that one too. Uh, yeah, but he is, I mean, again, in modern times, this is obviously like, oh my God, this looks so cheesy. But dude, like 
for the time and it's the and you know how like 8-bit music is still great how 8-bit sprites are still great that's very very much of what Ray Harryhausen is like is that because of what he did like it's so it's so great dude like let's get to the Cerberus over here cuz uh, there we go <laughs> This was 1981. This was 1981. Cerberus <laughs> needs a fireball. <laughs> This is what he was favorite. No, Ray Harryhausen is not necessarily a, a good human being. Like, there's like, apparently he was super mad at uh, Spielberg for going with CG in Jurassic Park. Because he was originally hired to do a lot of the dinosaur effects, but they went CG and so he was like really angry about it. Oh god, Bakasop team, no! No more Hondas! Oh, Harry no, Perseus, save your friend! Save your friend! There you go, I have my special sword. But yeah, see, like, in 1981, like, this is amazing, right? Like, this is amazing for 1981. Like, when you saw this in 1981, this was, like, the craziest thing ever. Like, look how well animated that is, and that's just, like, stop motion, right? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if I do Ray Harryhausen skeletons, right? Like, this is one of his most famous ones right here. Uh, here we go. Let's just watch this. Argus, get down to the ship. Take Medea. Come with me. Where's the skill? Oh yeah, here we go. This is where it starts here. <laughs> Dude. I'm there. Like Ray Harryhausen was the premier stop motion guy for these films. They got him to do all of these. And yeah, honestly, like, the blending is actually surprisingly clean for these movies, for, for these older movies like this. Like, obviously, the Cerberus, you could tell, was lighted a little bit differently, but, like, the skeletons are actually not bad here. Dude, there's a lot of skeletons here, holy crap! Yo, Spinal! 
combo breaker! Like this is what Ray Harryhausen was famous for, so he was he was pretty much the, the premier stop motion effects guy for fantasy films during the 80s like this. Oh, the skeletons and dragons dogma were animated like this? Yeah, that makes absolute sense because like I said, this is such a like this is such a thing. Like this is so, this is not the 60s. Oh, is this the 60s? No, this is 80s right here. I'm pretty Oh, this is 1963. Holy crap, Clash of the Titans was way later than this. I didn't realize Clash of the Titans was that much later than this. But like, look at this. This is sick, dude! Like, can you imagine going to the theaters in 1963 and watching this? Like, can you imagine it, dude? These animations are better than Mortal Kombat. You know what? Holmes, <laughs> I will refrain from any comment. Yeah, a lot of the DNA for Who Framed Roger Rabbit makes a lot of sense. You know, I've never seen this movie. I need to, I've seen Clash of the Titans like a hundred thousand times. And I don't I've never seen Jason and the Argonaut. I need to go and watch this, dude. It's Footsie Skeleton! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Skeletons won. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Princess Bride sword fight will always be the greatest thing ever, dude. That doesn't make any sense. A skeleton wouldn't suffer getting stabbed like that. Diablo coming in here, he's like, why are we watching this? Dude, they just threw a bunch of skeletons in the ocean. <laughs> they just threw a bunch of skeletons into the ocean, that's great. Uh, the reason why we're watching this, Nino Diablo, is because I was talking about how if we decided to ever make a new Primal Rage game, it has to be animated like that. 
because the original Primal Rage already looks like a Ray Harryhausen movie, right? Because it was claymation. It was, you know, actual models that they animated by taking photos of them. I, 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 if they made a new, it have to look like that. Like if they made a new Primal Rage and the dinosaurs were realistic looking and they were animated smoothly, like I feel like that would be a failure. Like, is it just me? Like, I feel like that would be a failure. Like, I feel like the only way you can make a new Primal Rage game is if you intentionally made it look like that. But since you build it in 3D, you can now show it at every angle look like that. So. Honestly, it was the best decision that Guilty Gear Exert made. Because it was really funny. Like, me and a friend of mine who, who makes games, like, we used to kind of make fun of the fact that Guilty Gear's animations uh, back in the sprite days were very sparse, actually. The sprites were big, but there was a lot of things like, you know, when Soul does his jumping slash, right? Like, when Soul does jumping slash, you just get this big arc. And, like, it's just the motion blur. And clearly, he doesn't actually have a hitbox, like, because it's a sword, he's swinging. And so we're always like, you know what? The animation in Guilty Gear is not that great. And then when they made Exerd, they did it on purpose. <laughs> they did it on purpose. They made it so that Soul's jumping slash was just the big arc and they killed all the in-between frames and they maintained the way Guilty Gear looked and to, to this day, I still think it's one of the greatest decisions. Like, as much as, you know, obviously Mortal Kombat is a great looking game these days, maybe a little too good looking, like, there is something to miss about Mortal Kombat 1 through 3 being actual actors, right? Like, if there was some way they could create that look in a modern MK game without having it be, like, look really awful, like, if there was a way they could do it, like, I kind of would have liked that, you know? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> No problem, T-Minus. I'm glad you enjoyed the Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed the, uh, the the Ray Harryhausen history lesson here. <laughs> oh, man. Right, the posing in those games were better. Honestly, they were, you know. Uh, bring back Bridget Wilson, dude. <laughs> she was only in the movies, okay? She was only in the movies. To be fair, the per the actress who played Sonya in MK3, oh god, what's her name? Like she's still amazing like right now. Like she's still like amazing right now. Like I wouldn't mind if they just brought her back in to do it again, dude. <laughs> uh But yeah, uh that's the thing, right? I mean, again, you're you're gonna have uh, uh, you're gonna have me. I'm 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 an old man, obviously, and so I'm always complaining about these kind of things because I'm an old man. But like, we don't have to have everything 
be realistic graphics, dude. We just we just don't need to have everything be realistic graphics, man. Like, can we please go more stylistic and everything like that, you know? Guilty Gear Strive is just so amazing. Oh, Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Bridget Wilson. I'm talking about uh, who's the actress who played Sonya in MK3, I think it was. Let me see. Mortal Kombat 3, Sonya, actress. What's her name? Carrie Hoskins. Yes, Carrie Hoskins. That's who it is. Uh, in fact fact like she just did like I think yeah 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 see like look at this dude look at dude <laughs> this was Carrie Hoskins 25 years after she did uh Mortal Kombat 3 like this is her 25 years later dude <laughs> oh what's up electric lee <laughs> Uh, she's, she's still doing well for herself. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So I, I would be down for her to actually still play Sonya in a modern game, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, she was inspired by Cynthia Rothrock. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, that's the thing, is, like, I, I know my, like, it's kind of why I'm glad that Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter Six, while obviously it looks more realistic, it still has that kind of half-anime, half-realistic look that the original Street Fighters had. There was that one uh, leak photo, or wasn't it? I don't even think it was a leak. They, like, put it in a thing where there was that very realistic Ryu versus the very realistic Bison uh, for Street Fighter V. Uh, like, they were doing as a, as a test or something like that, and it just didn't look as good. Like, I just didn't think it looked at, as good. Yeah, you can't really see it here. Let me see if I can uh, do this here. Like, it still obviously looks very anime. I mean, like, not super realistic. But you can see that, like, clearly at one point in time, they were testing out something that was more realistic with normal-sized hands and stuff like that. And I don't know, like, just to me, it just doesn't look as good. It just doesn't look as good. Like, as, as much as we may not, uh, I just saw, yeah, like, like, this still actually looks kind of better to me, you know? This kind of thing looks better to me than this, right? Because it just, it looks weird. It just looks weird that way. So, again, I'm glad that in Street Fighter Six they decided to go, like, uh, I'll admit, like, uh, uh, when they first asked me to be one of the commentators, one of the first characters they showed me uh, was Zangief. But again, this was on a really, really pixelated stream. And I was like, Zangief looks weird because he looks more human. He looks more realistic. I don't know if I like that. But now that I've seen it in full 
you know, resolution and in motion. I think Zangief looks amazing. <laughs> I think Zangief looks amazing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm glad that they, that, that they kind of, you know, stuck with that route in Street Fighter, uh, honestly, that it still is more of an animated kind of look. I just, I just, I think over, I think realism is overrated. Like, I, I, I will stand by the fact that I think Breath of the Wild is a better looking video game than half the shit that you see on, on PlayStation 4 on an Xbox One. Like, I just, I, I, I really, I really don't like it. I don't like realism. I don't care about it, I guess is the best way uh, that I can put it, is I don't care about realism. I live in the real world. I don't need to see the real world, you know? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I don't need to see this. Before, see, here's the thing. Here's what happened, and now I'm going into generic video game rant here. I'm going into completely generic video game rant here is that as graphics were getting better the strive to make things look real was a goal and it's a goal that i completely understand because you know when you made games like resident evil 1 and stuff like that and the models weren't still great or silent hill 2 you know even though it's one of the greatest games ever obviously you know like for the time the graphics are amazing but like you know you'll have kids these days look at it and be like oh what is this you know like whatever so the goal to make things look as realistic as possible was the goal we've surpassed that already we've gotten to that point where we can make games look very realistic okay obviously it's not gonna look like a true film but we're getting pretty freaking close to that enough as it is already but we've already reached the point where realism has been achieved now that we've achieved that stop <laughs> You've hit the goal. The goal is no longer to be more realistic. The goal now is to take all the knowledge and technology that we have learned from trying to be as realistic as possible to now try to mimic not real world. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's kind of how I want it to be at this point in time. Now, Obviously, there's a lot of people who have done that. The Guilty Gear guys have done that. There's been Cuphead, for example. But Cuphead is a 2D game, right? If I'm not mistaken, Cuphead is just completely a sprite-based game, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, you know, uh, yeah, Minecraft is graphically garbage. It's bigger than anything in the world. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, you know, I just, I think, I mean... Uh, okay, look, I just looked to the side, and I'm going to say this right now. <sighs> Can you please fucking make Transformers transform for real in your goddamn CG movies? Please. Why are they glorified T-1000 machines? Why do they just kind of go... <laughs> and then they're a robot or into a fucking car why they transport literally they've made optimus prime and lego in blocks and he transforms why do the robots look like they have veins and skin and exposed guts 
They're war machines. They're supposed to be solid. They're supposed to take lasers to the chest and get shot by Megatron and be damaged, but maybe survive. This is the whole point of trans. Every robot is an army. You don't get shot and have your arm ripped off because you have all your fucking wires exposed for everybody to destroy. Okay? You're a fucking war machine. Transform into a big, solid robot, please. And make it look like they actually transform instead of having metal plates appear from goddamn nowhere for no goddamn reason. <sighs> yeah, it's true. Every female action game character has something to say. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, man, B-Boy. Oh. Dude, again, I'll tell you right now, anytime you bring up Bayformers with me, like, I can yell about it for, like, like I said, there was one time, I, someone asked me about what my opinion of Bayformers were, and I could argue about the movie longer than the movie lasts. <laughs> the original Transformers movie is my most hated movie of all time. Like, they say, you know what? Don't take it so seriously, James. It can't ruin your childhood. It ruined my childhood. Yes, that movie ruined my childhood because I have to see stupid Transformer movie toys everywhere and these horrible designs. And for no goddamn fucking reason, Bumblebee is mute and he's a warrior. Bumblebee's function was espionage. His strength was two. His firepower was like one. He was espionage. He was supposed to be, his, his courage was 10. He was supposed to be the little guy that could. He was brave, but he had no fight in him. He was weak. His strength was two. He was one of the weakest Transformers of all of the Transformers. That was his personality. He was supposed to be the guy who overachieved because he was so weak that he always had the bravery and he wasn't fucking mute. He wasn't mute. Not James Cameron. Not James Cameron. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. I don't really fucking care if they ruin Beast Wars anymore. <laughs> I really don't. I was never into Beast Wars 1 and 2. I'm just not paying attention to those stupid movies ever. Those movies just do not apply to me at all. At all. <laughs> Whatsoever. And they'll probably ruin Unicron as well. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Bumble team, Bumblebee team is working on it, so... The interesting thing about Michael Bay, Peter 0611, is that you see through his movies, there is definitely a lot of Sigmund Freud, like, analysis on Michael Bay <laughs> that you could make from his movies. Um, I think he's really self-conscious 
And I think he was probably the biggest nerd growing up. And so I feel like a lot of his movies are kind of like trying to make up for it because... Oh, wait, there's actually someone who examines this? Because here's the thing. Like, he's so obsessed with leering. Oh, so yeah, see, the audio pop is, is for everybody. Um, he spends so much time leering on Megan Fox and doing all these things. And the nerd gets the hot girl. And, you know, all this stuff happens. The funny thing is that there was this one presentation that they hired him to do. I think it was for Samsung or something like that. Um, and what happened was he was supposed to come out and be like, and here's our special guest, Michael Bay. And Michael Bay would run out. He came out there and he was supposed to be, here's this brand new curved Samsung screen. It's big and here's, look at all the explosions or whatever like that. The teleprompter broke. And Michael Bay walked out there and had no teleprompter. And the story goes that he just kind of looked and turned around and walked off the stage. Like, he literally didn't know what to do. And so he just left. Like, he just left. <laughs> and so, like, I feel like there's just, like, this weird insecurity about him that these movies are, like, his version of buying the... Uh, the big giant muscle car to make up for inadequacies, you know? <laughs> I don't know if there is footage of that, but I'm pretty sure that that was uh, a story like that. So, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> oh, you've seen it? You see, oh, you saw it, Robster. You actually saw it. <laughs> it's, is it on YouTube? You actually watched it. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, cool. See, there you go. I'm not crazy. The footage is out there. Yes. Uh, well, you know what, Robster Roll? If you want to put... Oh, well, actually, it's there, too. It's right there. <laughs> oh, my God. This footage actually exists. I'm so fat. Brendan, you're not fat. Let's take a look at this. Oh, my God. How is everyone today? Uh, my job as a director is I get to dream for a living. Michael, you know, you're known for such unbelievable action. What, what inspires you? How, what, how do you come up with these unbelievable ideas? Hang on a second. I can barely hear this. I can barely hear this. Let me actually turn this up a little bit here for you guys temporarily. Michael Bay. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Michael. How is everyone today? Uh, my job as a director is I get to dream for a living. Michael, you know, you're known for such unbelievable action. What, what inspires you? How, how do you come up with these unbelievable ideas? Um, I create visual worlds that are so beyond every, everyone's normal life experiences. And Hollywood is a place that creates uh, a viewer escape. And um, what I try to do is, I, as a director, I try to... Uh, 
The type is all off, sorry, but I'll just wing this. Tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll wing it right now. Um, I take, I try to take people on an emotional ride, and um, the curve. How does it? Uh, how do you think it's going to impact uh, how viewers experience your movies? Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Michael Bay for joining us. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So again. <laughs> Like I said, there is definitely a lot to process about Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, man. So, again, like, there's just something about his movie. Like, when you actually see these kind of things. Yeah, he's still a person, but it definitely makes my view of his movies very, very different. Right? Like, now all of a sudden, the way I see his movie, like, I expected Michael Bay to come out and just be like, yeah! Explosions! Yeah! Like, but <laughs> clearly, that's not who he is, right? Clearly, that's not the kind of person that he is. Oh, uh, man. So, uh... <laughs> but in any case... We are going way off topic here. Speaking of, yeah! Street Fighter 6, two days, baby! Yeah! Explosions! <laughs> That's Steve Ballmer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but yeah, uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, so what am I going to do with Street Fighter 6? Uh, Zangi, so... When the game comes out, I, to be fair, Holmes, like, I, I don't mind that I wasn't in the uh, trailer. I'm mad that Tasty Steve wasn't in the trailer. In fact, there was a person in that trailer that looked kind of like Tasty Steve. And I was like, man, you could have just put Tasty Steve in the commercial. Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. You'll be in Riverside, Zany J. Nice. Nice. Is it really popping right now? Is it really bad right now? Hang on, let me see. Mm. I only changed the volume a little bit. Like I said, it's just, it's weird. I don't understand. Wait, can you guys still hear stuff right now? Because for me, it's clear now. Oh, it, oh, it's okay now. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. Dude, audio is the worst. Audio. Testing loud. Testing loud. Yeah, it's... I hate audio. hate computer audio. Ugh. Yeah, it's just every now and then. Apologies to the guys listening to this at home uh, on the podcast side of things for it to just be this popping... Uh, try to figure out what's going on to this one time, uh, one of these days. But yeah, uh, when the game comes out on June, I mean, it'll probably be what? I'd probably have to, I'd probably want to start streaming it Thursday at midnight, right? Because the game is going to be out at midnight. Oh, the problem, Karn, is that it was popping before that. <coughs> Um, 
this stream is popping. But as soon as the game comes out on Thursday midnight, I'll probably start a stream. Uh, I, that's a great question, Lurker Spine. I have no idea. Uh, whenever it comes out, when I start streaming it, first thing I'm probably going to do is lab Zangief. Like, I just, I have to lab Zangief. I have to know what this character can do because for me, Zangief is going to tell me so much about how I'm going to feel about the game. <laughs> it's going to tell me so much how I feel about the game. Uh, oh, does the pre-order version release earlier? Well, uh, okay, I'll try to figure out what's going on there. Uh, but after I lab Zangief, then I'll lab Cammy for just a little bit. Um, and then I'll probably try to go online a little. But uh, honestly, like, Zangief, uh, if Zangief is good again, and like I said, I don't even need, a, need him to be great, just not Street Fighter Five levels. But if Zangief can play anywhere like he used to be able to play in Street Fighter 2 games with the ridiculous range on the SPDs and stuff like that, like, that's, that's all I want, man. That's all I want. I've been playing bad Zangief with that my whole entire life. You know, I love overachieving with Zangief in Street Fighter 2 games because it's just feels so good. <laughs> And so I'm I'm ready to do this. Uh, what about Lucia Keiju Kaze asks? Uh, I've played enough of her in the in the betas. Actually, uh, I've already put a ton of work into her. She's clearly clearly really really strong. She's also named uh, uh, Kimberly in the game. <laughs> so uh, trust me. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, you fought my hyper-fighting... When did you fight my hyper-fighting geef, Deadly Rave Neo? When was this? Um, <laughs> Someone sounds like playing on a mastic. You know what? That's how I'll ma mask it. That's how I'll mask it. Put the joystick up here and just be like... Now you guys will never be able to tell when the microphone is actually crackling or popping at all. Oh, we played that final round on the cabinet. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I switched USB slots. I've switched up to another microphone. I switched to another cable. There's something else going on. Uh, there's something else going on. So, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with my audio right now. It's driving me nuts. Is there, I mean, is there anybody in this chat? I mean, I have a phone here, but I don't think that this, I don't think it's the phone that's causing it, is it? Because I'm oftentimes without my phone near me. Yeah, Katy Perry is a dope name, actually. <laughs> I mean, for me, I've, I've always been, I, for, on Street Fighter V, during all the betas, I've been a Lucia Van Pelt, which is a really, really deep, deep lore uh, reference, but I, I like it, so. Um, yeah, if there's anybody in the chat who's actually really good, I'm using a, a voice meter banana. Potato. I have voice meter potato running uh, that does a lot of my audio stuff. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people know the peanuts, like, I just feel like nobody knows peanuts anymore. 
I feel like nobody knows anything about Charlie Brown anymore, right? So it's just like, I don't know how many people know about Lucy Van Pelt and Linus Van Pelt if they even knew that was their last names at all. So, um, but yeah, the crazy thing is I've actually learned how to edit out those pops. Like, you'd be surprised at how cutting out about like three... <laughs> Three sixtieth of a second doesn't really kill the way that a word sounds. Like if you watch my video, I killed so many pops in that frame meter video just by cutting it out and then stitching it together and putting a crossfade on it for literally like half, like for like one thirtieth, one sixtieth of a second. And strangely enough, it works. It's crazy. <laughs> uh. You learned what a sop with camel was because of Snoopy? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. But the th this Reddit thread has some suggestions. Ooh. The audio from voice meter is crackling. Interesting. Nice. All right, I'll take a look at this. I'll see if I... Because, yeah, honestly, voice meter is really complicated. Really, really complicated. There's like all these weird settings that you can do. It's really scary. Um, uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown is still one of my all-time favorite movies. Still one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, dude, editing those pops added so much freaking time to my editing process, Harv. Oh my god. Yeah, it's weird. Audio is really, really, like, I get mad at Windows for how poorly they handle audio, but I wonder sometimes if I'm actually just being too hard on them uh, because audio is actually just a, just a pain in the ass to deal with, potentially. But I don't know. Video obviously has to have amazing latency as well, and I don't think video is ever nearly as bad as audio. And I think a, a lot, it's weird. I don't know. Like, why is audio so difficult to deal with? It's crazy. Uh, there's a reduced pop filter. Oh, is there a way to actually try to remove a pop like that in Premiere? Is there actually a thing in there, like an effect that you can actually just get out there? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but, uh, in any case, uh, yeah, so Street Fighter 6, and what's kind of cool about Street Fighter 6, to be honest with you, is you guys will probably remember a lot of times when I'm streaming, uh, fighting games, I'll be playing, and I'm like, oh, you know what, I think I'm gonna stop now, and it's, like, still kind of early, but... I can actually switch to world tour mode and stream that now. So I think that's actually going to be really cool. It's going to be a really nice way to stream uh, fighting games, uh, to stream Street Fighter VI. So any idea how some folks are getting copies early? The, the same way they do every time, DJ Blues. Find the mom and pop shop. <laughs> That's how you do it, DJ Blues, is that you find mom and pop shops out there. Uh, the uh, tried and true mom and pop shop near where I live doesn't have it yet. 
and so I literally don't own it. So, like, as much as people want to think... You know what I've actually been surprised about? <laughs> I put out those videos, and in my videos, like, I recorded these all during the open beta. Now, for those of you who watched me literally capture it in the open beta, you, you know that that's what happened. But I'm surprised I haven't anyone had anyone come up to me and be like, Sure, James the open beta like i'm surprised nobody's done that to me yet because <laughs> it literally was the open beta but I, I swore people were gonna be like accusatory of me yeah james you recorded this in the open beta sure <laughs> dude nico with attitude it's just a voice actor man you're just a voice actor it's all that it comes down to so uh uh, I'm working. I'm talking with some Capcom peeps. Hopefully they can get me a, a copy at some point in time soon. So if, actually, if you watch my, um, I think it's my training mode video. Like I will be 100% honest with you. Uh, there is one thing I put in the training mode tutorial video for a very specific reason. Uh, let me see if I can find it for you guys over here. Uh... Doing something for me for a change. Uh, that's an advertisement. So here's my. To implement uh, at some point, but uh, we'll see what happens on the release copy of the game. But outside of that, uh, pretty straightforward here. Button settings here, and then hit start to exit that. Yes, this one right here. Setting. I'm um, teaching you how to record the reversal settings over here. Thing. So they do not have the count option here, but they still have the delay option. And then finally, wake up reversal, exact same thing. If I change to OD rising uppercut, which is the overdrive rising uppercut, if I throw him on wake up, he will EXDP out of that situation because I have it set here. But if I set two of them on like this, then I do this, sometimes he'll DP, and then sometimes he should forward jump. Like so. So you can actually set the CPU to do one of the two random options. And I got challenged. Okay, perfect timing. <laughs> that is my uh, subtle, subtle uh, left in proof. Like obviously I clearly could have edited that out. <laughs> I, there's for sure I could have edited that out, but I left that in there for a reason. <laughs> so that if people are like, uh-huh, sure, James, you recorded this in the open beta, I'd be like, look, look, okay, here it is. Uh Yeah, perks and benefits are not unreasonable to, to expect, but the, the reason why it's hard a lot of the times is because, oh, that's right, the stick. Uh, currently, I am playing on ugh, the Kwamba 2 Obsidian, the Obsidian 2. I was playing on the original Obsidian, one of my favorite controllers. Then I was playing on the Kwamba Dragon because I really like that. Then they sent me an Obsidian 2, and I will honestly say... This is my favorite joystick that I've ever used. <laughs> this is my favorite joystick that I've ever used. And one of the reasons why 
is because I don't know what they put on the bottom of this controller here. But whatever this material is, this is like a rubber, but this is like a, this is like some sort of magic material here. This shit does not slide at all on any flat surfaces. This thing is amazing. It's so good. It's so good. This is the Titan. <laughs> this is the Titan right here. Uh, Kwamba was nice enough to send me a bunch of joysticks here. I've always wanted to do a controller review video for them for sending these to me. I just keep forgetting to do it. But like, uh, honestly, um, this, like, I'm not even just being like, I'm, I'm not even just being like, hey, they sent me a free joystick. Here's me shilling. This is literally like my favorite joystick that I've ever used because of that. Like I already like the Obsidian, but the fact that this thing has this surface here that just like holds down and has all the buttons and everything like that. It's my favorite joystick right now. Like honestly. So yeah. Hey, look, I <laughs> commentary doesn't necessarily pay the bills, but I will get as much free shit as I can. <laughs> Because I was literally like, I need a new joystick. <laughs> Can anybody help me with that? And literally the Kwamba guys uh, hit me up and were like, you need a new joystick, huh? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and they sent me a joystick, so. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah, that works on a PS5. The, wait, the popping stopped? Are you serious? Has the popping actually stopped for a very long time? Has the popping actually stopped? Just now one happened. Talking, talking, talking. Oh, I'm not trying to scare you, cat. Okay, it's still happening, okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Was it the phone that I moved or not, you know? Uh, I always play Tetris on a stick, <laughs> Slavish Scott. Whenever I was doing TGM, I was using it on a stick. been happening a lot less now interesting i wonder if it is the phone <laughs> yeah k john thanks your fault your fault <clears throat> uh but it feels like it's not happening as much all right well let me do this then let me put the phone as close to the damn mic as possible and we'll see what happens here let's see if the popping actually gets worse over here um yeah, for science, basically. All right, so we'll just keep talking here and see how it goes. But again, uh, when the as soon as the game drops, I will be streaming it. Try to stream it almost instantaneously, almost immediately. Uh, expect something like Thursday midnight or something like that. Even if it comes out at 9 p.m., probably Thursday midnight uh, that I'll probably start it. But I, I just I. I can't wait to play this game, man. Like I, but of course, the hardest part for me is that my ADHD and my procrastination. It's taken me forever. To, like just, to, I should have had a lot of this content done earlier. Uh, I do have a lot more content. If you are wondering why I hadn't streamed at all uh, during the course of the last month, is because I've also been doing other content that's planning to. Uh, 
drop very, very, very soon. So, um, uh, if you guys keep an eye on this channel here, uh, youtube.com slash ultrachentv, uh, there will be some First Attack 2023 episodes dropping very shortly. Now, these are going to be the uh, lowest effort <laughs> First Attack videos I've ever done. But I am taking the Sejam route. I am taking the Sejam route. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. Whenever I actually... Uh, Whenever I actually get the pop, that's what it looks like on a premiere as well. Uh, that's what it looks like on pre premiere as well. I can see where the pop is because it's not that the audio pops. It's literally that it just cuts and comes back. It's actually an audio cut. Interesting. But yes, I am doing the Sejam course. I am putting as little effort as possible. I had intended on adding all these little extra video uh, aids to the first attack, but I realize as soon as I do that, that's going to create this 24-hour editing that I did for the uh, for the frame meter app. So all of the first attack 2023 episodes are going to be less than 10 minutes. They're going to cover one topic very, very quickly and casually, and there will be very, very uh, few uh, visual cues added to those things. So... Uh, yeah, it's probably not a mic. I, I would guess now that with going with different mics, different uh, everything, that I'm pretty sure it's a voice meter thing. It's probably the voice meter. Like if I bypass the voice meter, the, the popping would probably stop. Yeah, I showed a little bit of that frame data video on stream homes. Like people are really, really, uh, they have been saying some very kind things about that game. Uh, they have said that uh, I've gotten a lot of comments like this video should be in the game. Like this video should just literally be in the game. And like when people say stuff like that, that makes me happy. Like some people are literally saying like, I have never understood frame data and now I totally get it. And they're like, I totally get frame data now. I understand frame data for, for the first time in my life. You know, like there's a lot of people saying stuff like that. And that means a lot to me. Uh, and again, I didn't even get a chance to explain turns in the video, uh, which I really wanted to do. Like I said, I literally have audio already recorded about turns uh, in Street Fighter 6 and using the frame meter to illustrate that. Uh, I just didn't actually put it into the video, so. <laughs> Where's the game FAQ? <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish. Yeah, there you go. Investigation Cone linked my video again over here. Uh, this is the... Yeah, that's the in-depth frame meter explanation, and again, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> no problem electrically. I still remember. I gave you the whole breakdown. And the crazy thing about it is, what's beautiful about Street Fighter VI so far electrically is that's how I played Kimberly. If you actually watch a lot of other players who played Kimberly, like they do some crazy things and they have different philosophies as well. So again, that speaks really highly of Street Fighter VI right now in that a lot of players can play the same character in very, very different ways and that to me is really 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 important 
that you're able to do that. I don't know why I, I'm a fidgeter, so I have a back scratcher here on my on my desk. Uh, the reason why I have a back scratcher on my desk over here is because um, I developed a frozen shoulder. I don't know if anybody in the chat has ever gotten frozen shoulder before. It is really weird. It's very painful only when it's painful, but then at every other time it's fine. But I couldn't move my arm very well. And so like I would get itches on my back and I couldn't scratch my back unless I had a freaking uh, back scratcher. But yeah, normally I'm playing with that or I'm playing with the Lego wrench here. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you've gotten a frozen shoulder before electrically. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah, like Street Fighter 4, you could tell different play styles. We're going to see a lot more of that in 6, in my opinion. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, for Street Fighter 6. <laughs> the Sabretooth rant. God, the, the reason why I ranted about Sabretooth is because I there was a guy in my arcade who would beat me up with Sabretooth. And he would literally act like he was the best player. And that drove me fucking up the wall because he's such a scrub character. There was like no skill involved. Like he's not even necessarily the best character, but he is definitely the one character who will carry you the most in X-Men versus Street Fighter. And literally that character was so broken. And uh, like... He would win with him and just be like, yeah, and like act like he's the best. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, I know what your secret location in Long Beach is, TJ. I actually know. That's not the one that I go to, but I know what it is. <laughs> because I think uh, my, my secret store is actually the... Uh, is the West LA branch of the same store. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh man. And so I hated Sabretooth. Hated him because he was the ultimate scrub character that made people feel really good about themselves. And that made me super mad. Super mad. And so yeah, my FAQ just had the biggest I fucking hate Sabretooth rant in the middle of the FAQ for no reason. <clears throat> yeah, that's the one. 1999. <laughs> that is the guide right there, man. Uh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, God, the memories of this thing, dude. Oh, the memories. FAQs. Look at this FAQ. Look at the table of contents. Version history. Dude, look at all this stuff, man. And then, of course, for every character, yeah, ask emotions, baby. Let's go. Ask emotions. Fireballs and reverse dragon punch. Reverse fireball. Dragon punch. Reverse dragon punch. Yoga flame. Reverse yoga flame. How long did it take me to write this up? Quite a while. And this is not even the worst of it either. This is not even the worst of it. Like, I'm going to hold page down. Like, that's the X-Men versus Street Fighter guide uh, over there. Now, if I go back to GameFAQs, though, and I look up 
Capcom versus SNK2. And I go to Capcom versus SNK2, and I go to Guides, and I go down here to the Combo Systems Guide. Uh, what did I call it? Systems Combo Guide by J. Chen. Oh, I remember late nights. In fact, Investigation Cone used to actually read, uh, used to actually help me proofread a lot of these FAQs way, 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 way back in the day. And so now if I hold page down... <laughs> That is an FAQ. <laughs> that is an F Dude, I had someone show up to a tournament one time and show me that they printed this out and put it into a folder, into a binder. And I was like, you killed a tree. I was like, you killed a tree. <laughs> I was like, why did you do this? <laughs> Oh, man, dude, Kawamagura, yeah, I mean, he was somebody that I used to talk to and, and work with before. Uh, very, very unfortunate way that all ended up, but, like, uh, long story there. Maybe I'll tell it one day, but, again, I mean, like, this is what I used to do, and, like, this is, like, I've talked about how to display information, like, the video that I made was literally just a video version of me doing stuff like this. I calculated how much super meter you gained <laughs> for every action that you had in the game, you know? Like, um, what was it? Roll, like, rolling, yeah, let's find rolling section over here. Here we go. Like, this is what I used to do back in the day. Like, someone else found the frame data for me, but I created a chart of all the characters' roles frame data here. But again, as I've always said, numbers are scary, right? You know how I always talk about this, the mind versus the, the heart. I'm always like, you know what? Numbers are scary. This isn't very useful for people who hate looking at numbers, right? You guys remember the stuff that I've talked about. So this entire chart is written again as a visual graphic. This entire chart, again, sorted by how many frames your roll lasts. And I've actually drawn out the entire roll data for every character. <laughs> because People like visual things. And then the, the distance that you roll, I made it so that you can see very easily if it was a short roll, a medium roll, or a long roll. I just, I, instead of numbers, <laughs> instead of numbers. I've been doing this kind of shit for like 20 years, man. <laughs> been doing this stuff forever. <laughs> I've been doing this stuff forever. You have to understand. CVS2 is my proudest FAQ, for sure. That thing is like the Bible. Like, that is the Bible of CVS2. Uh, that was basic. And, and, and that's the hardest thing, too. As a content creator in modern days, I specialize in being robust and thorough. 
I'm very good at covering all the bases so that my goal is you are never left with a question. There'll never be a point where you're like, wait a minute, you didn't mention this. How does this work? Like I do everything in there. And uh, that's how I like to create content, which is why I'm terrible at YouTube, <laughs> which is why my video on the frame meter is 20 minutes long and I didn't put in a lot of information that I wanted to put in. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I don't work in this modern era. <laughs> Because before, when you wrote an FAQ that was 200 pages long, everybody would be like, yes, this is great. This is so much information for me to take in. And people would like actually probably print it out and read it on the toilet and shit like that. Like this was like it was useful. Like we didn't have the short attention spans that we do nowadays, right? Nowadays, you make a video over 10 minutes long. Nobody wants to watch it. <laughs> If I'm terrible at YouTube, then how do you explain Go Johnny Go? I mean, not a lot of people have actually watched that, right? And that was created way back in the day. Right, podcasts are different things because you're in a car. It's a different kind of content. Like this that I do here, like I can put this up. This is two hours long and I can put this up and people will listen to it. But like for educational content, that's why I'm trying to go to the Sajam route. So uh, in the next couple of days, actually, uh, I will be starting to put up some of those first attack videos. Uh, I'll probably put up three of them in a row uh, to start off. And then I only have like a couple more. I got to record more, but that just requires me to script it out and read it and uh, actually uh, put it together. So, but yeah, everything is, uh, everything is all about, yeah, TikTok dances and stuff like that. Like people have actually told me to start putting a bunch of my videos into YouTube shorts, which I completely forgot even was a thing or existed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah oh uh, man no it's like that one uh asian comedian said the best thing about having a job is being able to print shit for free <laughs> there was a comedian on uh on netflix <laughs> that was one of his bits where he was just talking about how great it is having a job because you can print shit for free <laughs> Uh, he was talking about you ever held warm paper in your hand <laughs> and I was like oh yeah that warm paper baby let's go oh man dude investigation yeah it was Jimmy oh yeah yeah it was him it was exactly him um I think was it him was it him or was it somebody else it might have been him uh, investigation code. I, I, I should message you later on, but like, um, who was it? Uh, Olaf showed me this video. He just runs into like weird YouTube videos and one is all about like, I think it's like NISP or something like the standards company that has to make like standard peanut butter for everyone to compare things to and stuff like that. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I bet you in, in NIST, there you go. I was like, I bet you Investigation Cone has worked with this company many times. <laughs> I bet you he's messed with this. Yep, $650 peanut butter, baby. Let's go. Uh, he was like, this video was fascinating. And I was like, I actually kind of know about this because of Investigation Cone. 
man. Oh, dude, I used to print shit out at college all the time. I used to print out newsletters so I could just read them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ming-Na Wen got a Hollywood star. I was so happy for her. Let's go, Ming-Na Wen. Yay! <sighs> but yeah, again, like I said, I didn't have a chance really to prepare any topics today, which is why I'm just uh, just kind of going off the cuff, whatever, talking about whatever. This is true, just random ass podcast, but people like this kind of thing where I'm just having a good time, just talking for talking with people, hanging out like this. So, um, Oh, okay, it's just Jasmine. I was like, what the hell is going on over there? Uh, on the first page of your FAQ, it has your Earthlink email. No, I do not have the Earthlink email anymore. <laughs> that used to be jchenzor at earthlink.net. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, it's true. Every minute that I stream is a minute that distracts us until Friday. Absolutely. What happened with restreaming Combo Breaker, <laughs> DJ Blues? Uh, the, the frame meter video happened. <laughs> the frame meter video happened. Uh, as I was working on that, I was like, I just, I can't, I can't, I don't have time. And so, like I said, I mean, literally Sunday and Saturday was just editing 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 and i just didn't have a chance so i do apologize for everybody that i said that how do i feel about my ode to two hit combo video i still think it's one of the best combo videos of all time i think it's one of the top three combo videos uh, of all time the other two being made by majestros which are the guile and the ryu videos that he did uh but honestly the ode to the two hit combo uh, like the, the videos that like Madge made for those two videos are like technically amazing and really neat editing and all these cool stuff. But as great as those videos are, Ode to the Two Hit Combo was probably the most fun combo video ever created. <laughs> like even like, you know, it's a thing. When even me, every time I start watching my two hit combo video, I can't stop until I finish watching the whole thing. And it is 22 minutes long. <laughs> 21 minutes and 45 seconds long. I tried to find a place that I could squeeze in another 15 seconds to make it 22 minutes long, fitting for a two-hit combo video. But I just never really had a chance to do that. But uh, honestly, like, I, I, even when I watch it, like, I just, I... I enjoy watching that two hit combo video so much because like the whole goal of it was fun editing and to make it like fast and enjoyable and honestly it really was. Uh, there is a potential for me to do a lot of talking about the two hit combo video sometime soon. Uh, I just need to, someone asked me about it so I need to hit them up again now that I think about it. And so hopefully something will come out soon that I can talk about the two hit combo video. Did I meal prep for Street Fighter 6 weekend? No. <laughs> I don't meal prep. I just go with whatever at the time. So uh, I'll figure it out. I've got some TV dinners. Uh, it's good fast food places close by. So Robbie Boy says, we're at the cusp of a new Street Fighter. Can you hit us with some old man stories about people hating new games in the past? Oof. <laughs> There's so 
many. All right, so here's here's one. Here's what you took five days off. Let's go, JJ Gaming Box. Let's go. Um, well, yeah, Super Street Fighter 2 was a big one because it was in slow motion. But uh, let's talk MVC 2. Let's talk MVC 2. When MVC 2 was first coming out, everybody was super pissed. <laughs> you took away two of our attack buttons to turn them into assist buttons? The whole point of MVC2, of the MVC games, was to have the six buttons so you can really craft your combos because you had the choices between all these different buttons to do these crazy things. And you took them away to give us stupid one button assists that only do the one thing that call and assist. This is going to be the worst video game ever. This is going to suck. Dude, the amount of hatred for MVC2 before it came out and after it came out was ginormous. And yeah, it was like not all of them were, there were reused sprites. There was no new graphics outside of like Cable and like and, and Marrow and stuff like that. But like the graphics, the ant, like Colossus and Spiral look awful in MVC2. Like take, M take X-Men Children of the Atom, Spiral. Put Spiral next to the MVC2 Spiral. It's night and day. I am telling you right now, it is night and day. The animation for MVC2 Spiral is a travesty. And then when you do her Metamorphosis Super, oh my god. It, I mean, like, Colossus sprites were fine because in Children of the Atom, the sprites were good. He had that move where he slid forward and grabbed you and he spun you and threw you. If you remember in Children of the Atom, he actually had, like, a full spin. In MVC2, he only had left and right. He just alternated between left and right. Spiral's metamorphosis super was is literally one frame of every character she transforms into. In Children of the Atom, every one of those characters has an animation when they do their attack. Like, Children of the Atom, like what MVC2 did to the Children of the Atom sprites is like a crime against sprite work, dude. It's awful. MVC2 was so, like so many people were like, ugh. And nobody took Versus games seriously. X-Men versus Street Fighter was an infinite fest, so nobody cared. MVC MSH versus Street Fighter was just like, pfft, like nothing worked and it wasn't very good. Yeah, they, obviously they had to make sacrifices to have six characters in memory. We know why it happened, but people hated the music. They hated the fact that there was like four backgrounds. MVC1 was also an infinite mess. There was just like infinite combos all over the place. Some people played it, but nobody took versus game seriously as a competitive. They were all Kusoge. MVC2, when it was coming out, I still remember talking to our group called the Infinite High Council, uh, which <laughs> was like me and a bunch of other people who were obsessed with finding infinites in these games. We were like, eh. You know what? Maybe this is our chance to actually do well in uh, do well in a shit game. Like clearly, this is not going to be a good fun versus game. But maybe if we're at least just the best and we can win all the time, like that would be cool. Like all of us, nobody had any expectations or high hopes for MVC two whatsoever. And then it came out, and then people kept playing it. 
and I I don't know what happened. Honestly, that's another game that in modern era, if it came out, it would have died instantly. If MVC2 came out, like let's say it came out when it did, but back then we had the internet and social media, MVC2 would have died so fast <laughs> because of the shit balance, the complaints about sprites and the art, all this stuff, and then... It wasn't even yipes, man. People were crazy about that game when it was just uh, Duck Doe and the, like the spiral shit. When Mike Watson and Alex Vai were the two best MVC2 players in Southern California. When it was Mike Watson, Alex Vai, and Duck Doe were like the rulers of MVC2. Dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when yipes showed up one year when he lost to Duck Doe at Evo... I had no idea who he was. That was the first time I had ever heard of Yipes, honestly. So, like, yeah, MVC2 got way popular before then. Uh, it's, dude, it's so crazy, dude. Uh, I don't know which article you're talking about, uh, Speedwagon, about Seth Killian's art article, so... Uh, I, I saw those, uh, Cone. I just didn't have a chance because I was rushing to grab Arby's food and then scarf it down on stream. <laughs> so, but, uh, do you think SF Cross Tekken could have survived in that landscape? It would have survived better then than it would have now, than in the, than the era that it did. If it came out back then, it would have been much more successful. Much more successful, uh, honestly. Uh, because the internet wouldn't have complained. We just played what people threw in front of us. And, uh, yeah, well, the other thing, too, is that it wouldn't have had the gem system if it came out back then, which would have made it infinitely better. And it wouldn't have had the on-disc DLC debacle uh, if it came out back then. So there would have been a lot of reasons why that game would have did a lot better back then. How do I explain CFE's death? Because we had 3S and CVS2 already? No, I can explain CFE's death because CFE was a shitty game. That game was horrible. <laughs> it was so cobbled together, put together by uh, someone who used to work at Capcom, and so we can clearly see the track record <clears throat> of that employee. Um, CFE was an awful game. <laughs> It was a terrible, terrible game. The reason why I made the combo video that I did was essentially to laugh at Capcom Fighting Evolution. Like, I'd show you the combo video right now, but it would probably get DMCA'd. Uh, or CFJ. Yeah, CFJ. CFE, CFJ. Uh, but, like, uh, I would probably get DMCA'd because of the music that I used for the combo video. Uh, dude, that's another combo video that I personally love. You can't play it without sound, King9999. If you play it without sound, it, there is just literally no point to the video at all whatsoever. Uh, Investigation Cone left, I think, so it's probably too late for him to find the link for it. But I, I, I have it. I have it here. Uh, did I call it fun with CFE or CFJ? Let's see. Uh, CFJ, I think I called it. Uh, actually, I think it's just on my channel, but let's see here. Dude, 
Dude, why am I having trouble finding my own video? There it is. <laughs> well, that probably gave you guys a hint of why. <laughs> uh, there it is. There it is. Here, I know I can play a tiny bit of it without getting DMCA'd, so this will just give you an idea of what's going on here. So that's all I'll show right there because I think that's all about as much I can get away with before uh, I get DMCA'd. <laughs> here, I'll also show uh, this part of the video right here. That's all I'll show. <laughs> so again, you cannot watch this combo video without the music. The music is absolutely <laughs> what makes the video. <laughs> that is my old YouTube channel, yes. The Jay Chenzor channel is my old YouTube channel. Uh, I still have a lot of old things on there, honestly. Uh, there's still a lot of really old things on there. But that was my original YouTube channel from a long time ago. That is where my Go Johnny Go video is as well. So uh, that was referenced earlier. I have a bunch of DVD trailers for the Evo DVD trailers there uh, that I've made back in the day. So uh, I used After Effects, <laughs> a product that is now not non-existent anymore. Well, up until. So before I used to use this really shitty thing, but as soon as I went to the two hit combo video, I taught myself After Effects to make the two hit combo video. So everything that I learned about editing came from the two hit combo video, uh, honestly. So yeah, dude, some of these, uh, oh God, the Evo DVD trailers and some of my intro videos. I know I show this intro video all the time. And again, I might get DMCA'd for this one again. But it's like, oh God, it's like one of my favorite intro videos that I've ever made in my entire life. So you know how like um, the, uh, the uh, tournaments always had the, um, Evo always has a video before, before uh, the, the top eight started. I used, I used to make that. After Effects still exists? I thought After Effects was dead at this point. Uh, I've, I've showed this on stream before. It's one of my favorite things. I'll mute it partway through it because if you get the idea of the music, you know what the music is. Yeah, but so I'll lower the volume down really low and just talk over it. So uh, hopefully it doesn't get DMCA'd over here. But this is one of the best intros I've ever made. Uh, and I'm still proud of this intro to this day. I, I had so much fun making all these things a long time ago. I miss doing this kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, it's so, so oh, Cammy, Tiger D Cannon Strike. Why? Uh, I 
Uh, so fun making these things. Oh, that was good. It was just such a it was just such a neat concept there. <laughs> I just liked the way that I had managed to piece that together, dude. <laughs> like if you watch it again, slow motion right there, you'll actually Oh dude, AJ's in here. Oh, what's up, AJ? Yeah, he knows. He knows. What's the point of double tapping a button on a fight stick? Uh, back in the day you did it because you just wanted to give yourself the best chance of actually hitting the button, when you used to play in the arcades, you're not sure if the button worked or not. <laughs> so a lot of times you would do that. Also, in uh, because negative edge works on a lot of special moves, if you double tap a button, press release, press release, gave you four presses of the button to do special move. That's why people piano to do uh, better reversals. Um, but in Street Fighter V and Street Fighter VI, double tapping is even more important because of the input buffer. So it's more likely for you to get your moves out by double tapping. Uh, double tapping didn't work in Street Fighter 4. Uh, that's why we had the plink. Uh, but because of the input buffer, double tapping works better for uh, Street Fighter five, uh, 6 and 5. Now, double tapping doesn't work in 4 means that it didn't work in all the older games as well, but Street Fighter 4 also had way more one-frame links than older fighting games. So a lot of older fighting games, you know, the, the, the concept of double tapping to do one-frame links would be just as bad as it was in Street Fighter 4, but Street Fighter, the other Street Fighter games did not have one-frame links like Street Fighter 4 did. There were, there were one-frame links, but a lot of them were like the high-level combos that you really didn't, didn't need. Uh, I, I think negative edge is off in Street Fighter 6 by default. I can't remember. Yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, double tap was better for two frame links. So the concept of it is, is that when a console wants to see if a button is pressed, so consoles don't, controllers don't push inputs to hardware. In case you don't know, this is how it works, but the hardware pulls the controller for its state. That's how controllers work. That's why Arturo gets you to overclock your controllers uh, a lot of times for optimization because it's not about your controller sending information to the console. The console is actually always polling your controller going, what state are you in? What state are you in? What state are you in? Well, if I press a button, if a button is up and it pulls my controller, it goes, oh, the button's up. And then the very next pull, it pulls it and it sees the button is down. It goes, oh, he pressed the button. I will do the button action. If the very next pull, it sees that the button has been pressed again, it assumes you held the button down, not press the button for two frames in a row. <laughs> so when you're trying to do a one frame link, even if you do the maximum double tap that you can possibly do, which is tap a button two frames in a row, the game will assume you held the button down instead of pressing it twice in a row. 
that is why double tapping didn't work for one frame links. In other words, the fastest timing you can actually do a double tap in Street Fighter 4 and in old fighting games was literally make sure you go down, up, down. Down, up, down in three frames in a row, right? And so if you did that, if you pressed it at just the wrong time, the up frame could be the one frame link timing that you need. And so double tapping didn't necessarily help. It, it, it just, it was more like, a, a, like a, 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 a shotgun blast. You're not gonna shoot the, the tiny target. You're just gonna spray bullets and kind of hope you hit it, right? So that's kind of essentially uh, what double tapping did. The reason why plinking worked was that if you tap a button and then plink the next button, the game was like, you press the button and on the next frame, oh, you meant to press these two buttons at the same time. I'll repeat the button press for you. So the game would detect that that one button was held down, but because you plinked the second button, the game itself interpreted it differently. Like, oops, you were one frame apart trying to hit two buttons at the same time to make sure your move comes out. I'll repeat the button press the next frame. So you could actually cause the button press twice at in two frames in a row. That's why plinking worked. In Street Fighter V, the input buffer is three frames. So every time I hit the button, the game automatically repeats it for the next two frames. So if I press it, release it, and press it again, two frames apart from each other, I have hit the button six frames in a row. I go press, release, release, the input buffer presses it, those two frames for me. I press the button again, and then release it, and then the next two frames, the game presses it for me. So if I double tap, I actually press the button six frames in a row if I double tap perfectly. And so that makes it so that a one frame link is now a six frame link because I have smashed the buttons and in six frames, guaranteed, at least in one of those frames, I've covered the spot. Thus, we have perfect frame traps, frame kills, etc. Thus, Frame data is super important in Street Fighter V. <laughs> yes, plinking is hitting a button two, two button, two, one frame apart. So instead of hearing this, it's like that. That's how it works, so. Uh, <laughs> what part are you confused, Blues and Plata Gaming? <laughs> Did I explain it a, a little bit more clearly? Did it make more sense, that is, after a while? <laughs> Did it make sense more? So, uh, yeah, it's super technical. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, again, so if I, so like I said, because the computer is polling your button state, if it detects that the button is down, is pressed two frames in a row, it thinks you held the button down. So in other words, the game will only process you hitting the button once, and on the next frame, it assumes you're holding the button down. So it's not a repeat button press. So if I double tap at the fastest moment humanly possible, which is two frames in a row, the game will actually, instead of interpreting me as pressing the button twice, as holding the button down. So I still only get one press. So the only way to make the game register that I press the button twice is to make sure that the computer can pull the controller and see the button up at one frame. So it has to register button down, button up, and then button down in order to, for it to register as two button presses. 
And because there's that one button up in the middle, if that button up falls in the frame that you needed to hit for the one frame link, you miss the one frame link. <laughs> That's the, that is where you, why double tapping doesn't work for one frame links. Uh, but again, in Street Fighter 6, if you hit a button, the game automatically presses the button for you two more times in the next two frames. So every, if I hit the button once, the game will go button press, button press, button press, three frames in a row. So if I hit it two frames too early, it'll go button press, oh, it's too early. But let's try it again next frame. Button press, huh? still too early. Try one more frame. Button press, he recovered, attack. And so that gives you a three frame window in order to hit the button. So you can either hit the button perfectly for the one frame link or hit it one frame earlier or two frames earlier and it'll still come out because the game is automatically repeating the button press for you. In a game like Tekken, this window is like 10 frames. Like you hit a button and if you recover 10 frames later, the move still comes out. That's why everything in Tekken flows a little bit naturally when you're hitting buttons. Uh, Street Fighter was never like this until Street Fighter V, uh, basically. So. How fast is one frame? One sixtieth of a second. One sixtieth of a second. Right, so I didn't mention the input priority, K. John, because I didn't want to, because it would have been made it even more confusing. <laughs> it would have made it even more confusing, and I think I would have made more people's heads explode. Uh, I think it's a three frame buffer, Veritas. I don't think it's a five frame buffer. I'm pretty sure it's a three frame buffer, but you might be right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. P linking priority linking is basically what it is. So, uh, it's priority linking. Uh, but basically the, the game wanted to make, so Zangief in street fighter two, Lariat is three punches. Oh, it is five. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Well, that makes it even easier. Jesus Christ, no wonder no one ever misses anything. But in Zangief, his lariat is three punches in Street Fighter 2. You have to hit all three punches on the same frame. If you do not hit them on the same frame, he does not lariat. There is no leeway or give at all on Zangief lariat in Street Fighter 2. It was very painful. You could miss so many lariats that way. And so what a lot of modern fighting games do is they give you a one frame window, right? So that you can plink things basically. So in other words, if I hit jab one frame before I hit strong and fierce, it'll be like, it'll animate the move for one frame and then be like, oh, you actually meant to lariat. I'll give you the lariat because I'm being nice. And so this is all fighting games now. Almost every fighting game is like this. This is why Kara throws exist. Right, because throws are two buttons. However, if you find a normal move that moves you forward really fast for one frame and Kara cancel it with this plinking into a throw, you'll jump forward and throw. That's how Kara throws work in Street Fighter 3 and 4 and such. Um, so uh, that's basically what you're doing with uh, plinking. In, uh, in Street Fighter 4. You hit a button and then another button a frame later and it's like, oh, you meant to do this. So in the Zangief example, or like let's say an EX move example, you hit the two buttons one frame apart. 
you'll do a fireball and then hit the other button a frame later. The first frame, you'll start the regular fireball. The next frame, the game will go, oh, you meant to do EX fireball? I'll press the two buttons for you, and here comes an EX fireball. And so by doing plinking, you repeat the button press for two frames in a row. So if you learn to do that, with consistent timing, you turned all one frame links into two frame links because now you could press it at the exact timing or one frame earlier. And so you actually doubled your chances of getting the one frame link. Uh, that's why. Uh, Zangief has never had a Kara throw because I don't think... No, he, he's never had a Kara throw, uh, honestly. So, anyways... <laughs> This is way more complicated. You know what? Every, at this point in time, everybody watching this on YouTube and listening to this on the podcast are like... So I'll shut up about this now. So uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to go ahead and call it a day. <laughs> Sorry again for no topics, but please check out the videos that I just put on my channel. Keep an eye out because in a couple of days, I will be putting out the first attack videos uh, as well. The first attack videos will be coming out. I would really appreciate the feedback on these videos and, and to let me know if you find these useful and helpful. Uh, because like I said, I'm trying something different. Very, very difficult for me to do. Uh, I've never actually uh, tried to do short form content like this. So uh, thank you, Brown Lantern. Uh, yeah, I think the frame data video came out really, really well. So I hope you guys, uh, uh, hope that you guys uh, find them useful. Again, check the channel for the frame meter guide and the training mode guide uh, as well. But uh, outside of that, uh, expect a lot more beginner-friendly content coming uh, in the next few days. And like I said, I'll try to be consistent. I'll keep trying to do at least one first attack video a week. That's my goal. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to take the school of Sejam uh, he's often talked to me about this, just learning how to make educational content that requires the least amount of editing as humanly possible. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. That's what I'm going to see if I can make educational videos for helping people learn fighting games without a lot of bells and whistles. So please, when you get a chance, when they drop, take a look at them, watch them, and please leave comments and give me feedback and let me know if the videos are helpful or not. But again, two days... Two days, two days. Ah, Street Fighter 6 in two days. I can't wait. And I will be streaming as soon as I can. So keep an eye on twitch.tv slash jchenzor as well. That's where I stream my Street Fighter stuff. So check that out. Uh, how much do I think this game is going to sell? I Someone said on Steam right now it's the third highest selling game after... C third highest selling thing after CSGO and the Steam Deck. So <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope it sells well. Any case, I'll see you guys soon. And uh, perhaps not today, but most days when this podcast uh, graced your ears, it was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday. <laughs>